Hour to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Sage Williams. I think we've all seen the video by now. Garth this past weekend playing at Death yes. Valley, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and playing Colin Baton Rouge. I'll get the chorus in there, don't worry. Man, that's heavy fiddle. Sage heard this plucking away, and she was like, Ugh. she almost puked on the board. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sage is a, uh, what, the, I'm blanking on his name, Tom, um, the comedian. Tom Segura? Tom Segura. So you're a Tom Segura fan, obviously. You know, a little, but <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. His war against Garth Brooks is amazing. Oh, he doesn't like Garth Brooks, huh? Oh, you uh, do yourself a favor. Tonight, when you're just hanging out, look up Tom Segura versus Garth Brooks. It's amazing. Um, he's, him and his fans have taken over Garth Brooks' social media and just bombarded him. Uh, accused him of like hiding dead bodies and stuff. It's <laughs> it's awesome, and he's addressed it. He's been like he's gone online and been like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I am scared. <laughs> and it's just like driving them. I gotta tell you though, that's uh, this is this is the area Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. Oklahoma can have Toby Keith. OSU's lucky to have Garth Brooks. Wow. I don't think that's a hot take. No, I'm just saying you're about to get some people calling in. I oh, it's think. fine. Okay, call in. Say something. I'll say it right now. I'm not a, of course, I've said it many times, I'm not a country fan. Right. Um, but you know what? I can get down with some Garth Brooks. I went to a show in August for my girlfriend's birthday, and it was a great show. He crushed, didn't it? It was fantastic. And I, I mean, of course, those that went to the show in Baton Rouge was just dying to hear sure. Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah, and he did it. And uh, the thing is, though, he... he he should have closed with it, in my opinion. Mm. Make the people wait for it. That that would be the perfect ending to the show. When I saw him in August, it was like in the middle of the show. Great tune. Mm-hmm. Perfect spot for it. And he closed with Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up, which I'm sure that's the way he closes all the time. I doubt he, he changes it up too much. Um, but um, in Baton Rouge, I think he, got a clo- he closed with American Pie by Don McLean. I thought that was an interesting close. That is an interesting close. At the very least. It's one of, one of the songs, though, that he's known for remaking yes. and really uh, does put a big focus on that. It was part of, I know, uh, Central Park, uh, his concert there when he held that one. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's not all that surprising. That's been a that's been a staple for of his in concert for a while. Yeah, let's, let's get physical and just like some music. And, and for those that don't know, uh, Garth Brooks. That's actually Colin Baton Rouge is a cover. It's a cover song. It's Oak Ridge Boys song. I thought you were gonna say Bob Dylan. I thought you were gonna say because we've covered this. How Bob Dylan has had so many hits that other people have covered. And Was made Louisiana even-, <laughs> even a state yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. we have to go back a ways. Uh, when Bob Dylan was riding around in uh, covered wagons, yeah, I think he, they just founded it. And he was like, oh, I met a girl. This is awesome. Man, if if he would have got electric <laughs> in Louisiana instead of, uh, where is oh. it, Connecticut? Mm-hmm. Is that Connecticut where he went? New Haven? They would have torn the whole place apart. They would have burned down the uh, burned down the stage. Uh-huh. I mean, it would have been brutal. Um, anyway, so the whole reason I bring up Garth Brooks 
GB is um, so playing at Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, this past weekend. So before the show started, one of the school's professors set up a seismograph because, I mean, you know, when you start hearing that fiddle, you know, Colin Louise or Colin Baton Rouge is coming on. The place is just going to go bananas. And he says after the show, he didn't give the measurement, but did say that the crowd forced a small earthquake. Wow! In Louisiana. Because there was over, I mean, clearly there's over 100,000 people. Death Valley holds 102 for a football <laughs> game. And that's, of course, for the concert, not counting who's on the floor, who's on the field for that show. So, I mean, estimate it, 115, 120, somewhere in there is where I would guess. Yeah, I mean, that, that's insane. I mean, that first of all, that's crazy. just a gigantic concert. And, and Garth Brooks, another reason why I respect him so much, every ticket's the same price. Mm-hmm. He's not there to rip off his fans. He's just there to put on a good time. He's going to sell out the place so everybody can get in for a $100 bill. I mean, it's not a bad deal in my opinion. No, no, not at all. Considering what I have paid for t- some tickets, yeah, it's a great deal. Now, you have something, Troy? Oh, I just was going to point out that uh, – Granted, it's not the first time, though, that they've had an earthquake at Tiger Stadium. 1988, there's one known at, known for basically being the earthquake game, where uh, it was the case where they were matched up with number four Auburn at the time, and it got so Loud. raucous. Wow. But so, they, were, were yeah. they at 102 at the time, though, like that capacity? I think they were down a bit from that. Lindsay, what's wrong with what I've been saying about Garth Brooks? What happened? <laughs> Tell us what happened. What'd you get? She's critic. She's like pumped the brakes on how we talk about Garth. What? What did I say? Um, it was her birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't say then, anything wrong. Yeah, you're like, hey, he was great. Uh, he he played. Maybe she thought it, he sucked. Did you? No, ask I I know she. That's her favorite Garth Brooks song, "Calling Baton Rouge." Lindsay, here's the deal. First of all, I, we're going to get your full name and we're going to read it over the air. Secondly, <laughs> we're going to post your picture on Twitter. Third, don't mess with us when we're on the air. Okay? <laughs> this is serious business in here. Okay, Garth Brooks' favorite fan so ever. Here's, here's the context on the uh, earthquake game. Yeah. LSU quarterback Tommy Hodson found Eddie Fuller in the back of the end zone for the game winner. They had held Auburn, number four in the country at the time, to just two field goals. Dang. Hmm. The stadium got went so nuts and so crazy that it actually registered the earthquake on the seismograph on campus. You know, Eddie Fuller's never bought a beer in Baton Rouge again. That would be correct. Yeah. Baton Rouge is like my top five in going to go see a game. Yes. Because I know that would just be an incredible time. Like, oh, man. Fr- with the tailgating as well, like pregame and stuff, oh. like if it's a big win afterwards, like that'd be a really good place to go catch a game. Sarah's sister did her undergrad at LSU, and she wants to go back so bad, and I'm I'm going with her. When she goes, I'm going too. That's my awesome. Go- it's my goal to visit every college football stadium, you know, FBS, of course, Yeah, on my list, and I've been to four. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say 45 or no, four. <laughs> There's some work to be done. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that caught me off guard. I'm... <laughs> K State, uh, KU, uh-huh. Oklahoma State, mm. and Stanford. Okay. How was Stanford? But Palo eh, Alto. Eh, I, there, it was a quarter full. Oh. It was a season opener against San Diego State. And it's better to go see the game from the second level. And so I went up there and sat at the 50-yard line. Wow. Like 10 rows up. Per, like the perfect, like the best seat in the house. Hmm. 
it was comfortable. It was a very nice night. Like there's two like really smart people sitting in front of me and they're talking shop. I'm like, guys, come on, guys. There's a football. Trying to watch a game here. Do I need to get you a hot dog so you'll zip it? (laughs) There's an American football contest going in front of you, and you're talking about biochemistry. Get out of here. About the only reason really to go to a Stanford football game is to watch the band. Yeah, they're good. And they're They're, not even affiliated with the school, right? They're like, well, essentially, yeah. 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 They just you go see, find people performing on the streets. You want to be in our band? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, it, it's what it looks like. Uh, They're like, I never thought, I thought you'd never ask. You see Davis kind of styles themselves the same way, and it, it's just not the same. Right. That's awesome. All right, can we real quick, we, we, we went really long. Can we complain about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just for a minute here. Yeah. Okay, so it was announced earlier today, the five, or I'm sorry, the seven inductees. You have uh, Duran Duran. <laughs> Yeah, I will always think of old school when this, this song comes up. Yeah, Pat Benatar. Eminem. May I have your attention, please? Eurythmics. You thought I was going to play Sweet Dreams, didn't you? Didn't you? No. Sweet Dreams. Nope. Pulled nope. one on you. I'm just, yeah. yeah we, we talked about that yesterday. to me. This is a jam, though. This is. I mean, sure, Sweet Dreams. two jams, but that was about the history of the band. <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Sage is okay with this, by the way. Absolutely. Dolly Parton is so cool, man. All the stuff that she does... Um, for like kids and reading and stuff, I thought was rad. Like of the stories I've heard about her, she is so cool. I'm I'm happy for her. And then finally, oh, yeah, Lionel Richie. So here's the deal: people's biggest complaint about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that they're putting in people that aren't rock and roll. I disagree with that. Huh. So here we go. The definition of rock and roll. I don't have to pull it up, but I don't think I need to. People consider like it's generational. You go from Elvis to the Beatles. You'll go to uh, Led Zeppelin, The Who, and then you got to throw in Black Sabbath. They started the metal run, right? And then go into the 80s. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of genres of rock and roll, hard rock, heavy metal there, grunge in the 90s. You know, it's just evolved over the years. Like people think it's got to be rock and roll. from what people think is rock and roll, hard rock and heavy metal. That's not necessarily true. I consider rock and roll as like more of a feeling than a genre. It's more of, does it make you move? Do you enjoy it? Does it have instruments? You know, because rock and roll was kind of founded on like R&B meets country, came together and, uh, you got the rock, you got the guitar, you got the bass, you got the drums. To me, everybody they put in fits that description. If now the argument you can make is like, should rappers get in? I think absolutely. I mean, they have the same they have the same goal in mind. You know, they want to put out a message, but it's for you to enjoy. It's supposed to make you think, it's supposed to make you feel good or have certain feelings or go out and dance. Have a good time. 
You know, there's a lot of things you can associate with music about the way you feel. It fits the rock and roll mold, in my opinion. It doesn't just have to be rock stars to me. And so, but here's, I think, what the real issue is, and it's how it's determined who gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by who is nominated. The nomination process, don't exactly know how it's all done, but we've seen in the past that hard rock and heavy metal has been really um, underrepresented for quite some time, especially heavy metal. Judas Priest in the fan vote got in the top six, but they did not get in, and we found out that's because the fan vote only goes for one-tenth of a, a percent. of a percent. I did not know that. For the voting. I didn't know that. That is Troy. sickening to me. That's crazy. Now, I understand a lot of people that vote are in bands, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I mentioned before there's already so little heavy metal in there. There's already so many punk rock in there, or very little punk rock in there. Um, now, like like the Foo Fighters who got in last year, absolutely deserve it. But you know what? Rage Against the Machine didn't get in this year, and I knew that'd be a hard, uh, that'd be a tough hill to climb for them this year. But also Judas Priest. Judas Priest should have been in a decade ago. Oh yeah. And they finished in the top six. They had a better fan vote than Lionel Richie. I, I forgot to put in Carly Simon. She's also getting in. I forgot to put her song in here. That's my bad. But she's the seventh to get in. But Judas Priest got more votes than them. And I got I got to thinking, you know, like, the fans should be a much bigger por- a part of the voting for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because who is out there buying the music, making these bands what they are other than the record companies? Like, there got to be fans to go the buy fans. their music, to show up to their concerts, to mm-hmm. make them rich and famous. Yep. The fans are the reason there is rock and roll and a rock and roll hall of fame. Yes. And they're only good for one-tenth of a percentage for the decision on who gets in. It's crazy. That's that's two big issues with me. How how bands get nominated, bands getting subbed for years. It took Deep Purple 25 years later to get in. I think Deep Purple's in now. Rush, it took them way too long to get in. And bands don't like a lot of bands don't like it the way things are done, so they don't accept their nomination. So there's a lot of things to fix, and it, unfortunately, it will never get fixed. It's always going to be this way, and that's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is such an issue. Don't blame the bands who get in. They all, I mean, has anybody ever gotten in and probably didn't deserve it? I mean, maybe a few that only had a couple of hits, yeah. but also you got to look beyond the hits. I mean, the Go-Go's, technically, how many hits did they have? A few. Yeah, three, four. A few, but they're also, they're trailblazers. Mm -hmm. Absolute trailblazers. They didn't do the best on the charts, and they didn't sell the most albums. This is kind of why we discussed New York Dolls yesterday. There's a band that you would think would be a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, given what they did in terms of developing the punk scene in New York City at the time. And... You know, they're they're not they're not in yet. It yeah. doesn't make sense. History and fan favor is crazy, just ignored, mm-hmm. just absolutely ignored. And Judas, Judas Priest is the latest example. Still, I mean, absolute rock stars. They are trailblazers in hard rock and heavy metal, no doubt about that. And now they're getting kind of a secondary honor because the seven I mentioned: Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Eminem, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie. 
and uh, Carly Simon, they're all most likely going to perform. Yeah. And that's going to be a great show. Mm-hmm. But Judas Priest, no doubt about it, deserves their time on. on the stage to perform in front of that packed house in Los Angeles. What did they do to the people of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They must have done something to make them mad. I do want to say, though, your first point about what is and what isn't rock and roll. I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more than that in my entire life. Let's hear it. If I said to you, if I go, hey, I want to take you to this seafood joint. It's got good food. And we go there and I, I, the food comes out as a hamburger. You're going to go, I thought this was a seafood joint. And I go, well, it is seafood. It's got salt and pepper and it's got meat and bread and it's got the sauces on it. That's seafood, right? You'd go, no, that's a hamburger. Lionel Richie ain't rock and roll. Lionel Richie is a baller, gangster. He's amazing. He ain't rock and roll. If they want to name it the House or the Hall of Fame of Music, by all means, that's fine. But when you say rock and roll, it is a feeling. It is a feeling. It is more of a feeling than anything. But Lionel Richie ain't the feeling of rock and roll. That's the farthest thing almost from the feeling of rock and roll. Well, don't forget, he was also a part of the Commodores, and his genre is also a big reason why rock and roll is even a thing. So funk is a thing. If Lionel Richie got in with the Commodores, I can see that. I can go, okay, funk is a thing. But Lionel Richie all night long is in no way rock and roll. That is not close to is it because it's not as heavy as what you think of as rock and roll to me it's because it doesn't sound anything like rock and roll and he didn't want it to be rock and because roll. you consider rock and roll a specific genre and i consider rock and roll to be like you said it's less than a genre and more of a feeling but it's like garth brooks isn't the feeling i get of rock and from rock and roll that is a country and that guy, to me, also, Garth Brooks is a performer. He's a fantastic performer, and he's an artist, and I give him all the respect in the world. But I, can't, at the end of the day, we're not going to play Garth Brooks on K-Rock. We're not going to play Lionel Richie on K-Rock. Now, we're not going to play the New York Dolls either, or Duran Duran for that matter, but those guys are definitely never going to get played on K-Rock, which is a rock station. Well, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton said it herself, like she didn't feel like she was deserving of a rock and roll hall of fame. She's induction. a music, she's a music hall of famer. She is a cultural hall of famer. She belongs in the upper echelons of any awards of, of ever. But if you're going to call it the rock and roll hall of fame, it should be rock and roll with all its genres. And then it should have the country and then the hip-hop Hall of Fame. Country does have its own Hall of Fame. They do. And that's where that should go. But if you're going to say, let's celebrate everybody, it well, should be music. And the rock music and roll rock and roll Hall of Fame, it has, I, I will say, I mean, you do make a point when it comes to country music, separate it from rock and roll. I, I suppose that's an argument because Country Music Hall of Fame, they have their own Hall of Fame. Um, and the Grand Ole Opry, and, like, they celebrate country yes that's good that's i'm all for that that's great but there are very few there are very few uh, country artists in the rock and roll hall of fame like i can't i i could probably look it up but there's very few 
And I'm, I know Johnny Cash is in. Is, it, is him and Charlie Daniels? See, I don't think Charlie Daniels is in. Okay. I don't know. We might have to look that up during the break. I don't want to be typing around. But we'll I see. Mean, and you see, make a decent argument. I, I will say that. And, and you but, know, th- then again, like when I say, okay, Johnny Cash obviously is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Charlie Daniels, I mean, he contributed quite a bit to music as a whole. You know, how am I going to keep him out? Because all those guys, like Waylon Jennings, played with Buddy Holly. I mean, you know what I mean? Does he end up in there too? Because he's a rock. I mean, he he was he played with Buddy Holly, like one of the guys that started the whole thing. It just it, it's I just can't just can't go there with uh, letting everybody in. It's just weird, weird me out. Sorry, Troy. Go ahead. No, I. You know, again, it, it kind of goes into the argument or the discussion we had yesterday that in some ways it's almost it it's almost and it should maybe be termed the pop. Hall of Fame versus the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Pop Music Hall of Fame. But then you get into having to dig back and really get into such things as the American Songbook stuff like Sinatra, Dean Martin, uh, getting into uh, getting into jazz a bit right. even. You know, the American Standards stuff would have to probably be a part of that because of that was pop music at the time. Right. And like the, I mean, the Go Go's. How rock and roll do you feel like that, or, or how pop do you think the Go Go's are? If you were on the scale, well, again, more, that goes back to its history. I mean, they really started out as a punk rock band, right? And they, you know, do they in a rock and roll? If we're hard rock and roll, like a hard, um, like the name. Barring everything other than rock, does the do the Go Go's end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? If we're just saying no other genre except rock and roll, what we consider rock and roll and all of its offspring, do the Go Go's end up in the Hall of Fame? I think so. I think so. I think it's tough to say that that band, even with their style, later on their more commercial style, I think it's hard to keep them out of it. Um, but I do think. Rock and roll. I think that's where you draw it and say that's like rock and roll. Their stuff, even if it is more poppy, it's still more rock than Lionel Richie, in my opinion. Charlie Daniels is not in the Rock Hall of Fame. Mm. See, that's tough, man. I, I think that's tough to leave him out if you're going to put in the Eurythmics. You know, it's a great point, you know? especially since really you could say that much of what he did was Southern rock, right? At least was. The predecessor to what would become Southern Rock, where it's more of an attitude. I'd love to hear Devil Went Down to Georgia on K Rock one day. <laughs> we, I think we have. Well, we played it. Cypress Hill one time, so, <laughs> and I was way against that. But of course, K Rock is a hard rock, heavy metal radio station. You're you're a hundred percent right. That a thousand percent correct. All right. We are way behind. Let's take a timeout. More of the game coming up next. All right, so the country artists that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, you have Dolly Parton, who gets in this year, Chet Atkins, Johnny Cash, Floyd Kramer, Bill Monroe, Jimmy Rogers, Hank Williams, and the final one is Tom Willis and his Texas Playboys. Oh, hell yeah. And that does go back to about the mid-80s. So if you do the math, one every five or six years. 
No Waylon Jennings. Um, Which, again, you know, your point on him being a part of uh, a part of the crickets. Yeah, he could have should have died. Right. I mean, that you know, like that's crazy. Um, do you think that? Do you think Shania Twain? Belongs in the if we're like if we're just saying that country artists can come in too, do you think Shania Twain gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, she was a creation of Mutt Lang, the system quarterback, basically. Essentially, yeah. I mean, look at Def Leppard's biggest hits and look at who the producer was. Yeah, Gunter I mean, Lieben, but, Glauben, Gluben. Yeah, you go with the the popish sound that Def Leppard developed over, you know, in the mid to late 80s, and that was Mutt Lang's doing. Hmm. And essentially, he put that to Shania's music and turned her from what had been, uh, you know, a pretty solid, pretty basic country sound to... A stratosphere. A stratosphere, absolutely. I mean, crushed the 90s. Well, and to me, Shania Twain to me doesn't sound like country music. Not with what she did. If you if you go back though, and uh, boy, I'd have to dig back up the song. It's it's been forever since I've pulled. She had a song that had hit the had had hit the Hot 100 at one point or Top 100 Country before she put out anything with Mutt Lang as the producer, and it's a completely different sound. Uh, ironically, on that sampler, you also had a young uh, guy by the name of Toby Keith who was you know just. Getting on the scene as well. Yeah, speaking of, does he ever end up in the Rock and no, Roll Hall of Fame? No. Does Florida Georgia Line ever end oh, up in the Oh, Rock dear God. No. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I mean just, I'm just saying devil's advocate. I'm just playing devil's advocate. The number of hits that they have is astronomical. It's insane. Country hits. Tr- yes, yes, Country yes, yes. hits. Those aren't country if you're talking Florida well, Georgia Line. But they're technically country hits. Yeah, and if you look at the Billboard Hot 100, very few in the country genre have gone number one. Oh, that's true. That's true. So the, Okay, so that's true. Um, okay. Country's not w- well represented history-wise in the in the Hot 100. Like, they have been in the Hot 100, but not like chart toppers. Charlie Pride, does he ever get in? I only had one. Song. You know, Lil Nas X technically got number one with Old Town Road, and before that, like the last country artist was Dolly Parton and um, oh gosh, um, Kenny, Kenny Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Thank you. Does Kenny Rogers end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. Here, you, here you go. Here's the here's the note on Shania. Right off the bat, her self titled debut studio album was a commercial failure upon release in 1993. Wow, 93, and then. Like ninety five, she, Bingo. she guess, goes. Oh, and guess who she was married to at the time? Mutt Lang. <laughs> Tim McGraw. I think Tim McGraw yeah. ever ends up in there. What made you say that was the song I was thinking of uh, that came out off of her initial album. Com- what made you say that? Completely different sound. <laughs> I, don't I don't know that song. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're you know we're not even supposed to. She probably is like, don't even think about it. Don't even go there. Don't listen to that song. You know, it would be called a modest hit. Yes. By today's standards. Sage? I would like to offer a form of irony, I feel like, or, you know, just kind of think about rock symbolizes rebellion. This could be a form of rebellion for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to induct people that aren't traditionally rock and rollers. 
Sage, Sage, Sage. Once again. That was really open-minded. Wow. Wow, Sage. Um, well, you just bought yourself another week on the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a great that, that's great. That's really wow. That's, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle with that for a while because it's true. The best rock and roll is the stuff that is rebellious and against the grain, and the things that your parents and grandparents didn't like, you know, and goes against the rules. Much like Shania Twain. I mean, it was rebellious in the 50s and 60s. And then what we thought is rebellious turned into butt rock. Slayer and corn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love corn. Corn, they'll end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. They were the biggest I mean, band in the world. For I mean, like they're, three years. okay, so they're new metal. Yeah. That also brings up the argument with like Limp Biscuit getting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I will tell you this Limp Biscuit has a better chance than Corn of getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They do. I would agree with that. I, based solely on just polarization, I think, but Fred Durst is just like, he's just so. I love him or hate him kind of guy that he, everyone knows them. Everyone. I think Corn genre. Um, I think would would uh, just alone. New they, metal they, is going to be tough. They have to have for new metal acts, um, and anything from that not only genre but a era of rock. Rage Against the Machine has to get in for them well, to get any consideration. So, and they are very political mm-hmm. with their rock and roll. I don't know if. If the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame considers that a big no-no, if they consider that at all, right? Uh, I'm putting again. Springsteen's in. Well, politics has been just as much a part of of rock and roll history since the '60s and '70s that you know, as as you would talk about on the rebellion side that Sage brought up. But didn't Rage Against the Machine like burn American flags oh, yeah. on stage? Yeah, and then they they're on SNL. Uh, when Steve Forbes was the <laughs> upside down American yeah, flag, yeah. yeah, I mean these these they're not playing around. They yeah. they're not playing around with that. And there's a difference, <laughs> you know. And I don't know how corporate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame seems Valid. really corporate to me, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't want to shake things up. However, but, there is the little tidbit that Tom Moriello does have you know, pretty good ends with a certain satellite group, and they happen to have Georgia. St- Studios in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and agreements there where they work with the hall. You know, there's just that possibility at, you know. Again, but I mentioned in the first speaking segment. Speaking of corporate, I mean, how ironic is that? He's tied in pretty well with corporate. It's right already now. been tough enough for heavy metal bands to get in. Yeah. True. Um, do you think Tool ever gets in as a, as a, yeah. a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Absolutely. So the, yeah. I think that opens the door for Maynard. New metal I mean, band. I mean, come on. Maynard is considered. I don't know if it's like a. I, I'm I'm kind of throwing it into like a movie genre, but like a cult classic mm-hmm. artist. If that makes any sense, it does. But then you go, the New York Dolls are the cult classic of all. You know, and they never get even. I mean, they get close, but. Yeah, how but how many, many out there can name a, a New York Dolls song mm-hmm. right now? No, and that's a great point, but. It's just more the the historical, the historical aspect of what they meant to the you know it'd be it would be like saying that uh, CBGB wasn't a Hall of Fame venue. 
I mean, it. Okay, when it comes to the actual confines and uh, how okay, well no, it, how it, well kept it was, it's no, not a, it was not a Hall of Fame venue but in that aspect. It is a legendary, <laughs> yes. legendary music venue that uh, unfortunately isn't around anymore. And I just think a lot of these. It's just strange that the bands that copied those guys are starting to trickle in, and then there are going to be bands that fashion themselves as. A little bit easier listening than Tool are gonna can are they gonna start to trickle in here in the next few years and it's just gonna be it's a harsh reality that the first people to do it aren't gonna be in you know that the creators of certain things are just gonna be kept out because uh, they're uh, they're they're an acquired taste made me wonder those that that were brought up as CBGB got their start. As CBGBs, are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I get. I would bet the Ramones. Yes, the Ramones are definitely in. They got their start there, or kind of got their start there, and then the Police, and then after that, ooh, it gets a little dicey. It there. does. It is dicey. I Absolutely. mean, I bet you Television isn't in, and they're one of the they're the one one of the ones that got CBGB started. Blondie, is she? The, the, Blondie's in, right? Mm-hmm. She's is in. Blondie in? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is okay, because that's a punk. That's a punk rock thing. Remember, there's not a whole lot of punk rockers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame unless you're commercialized like Green Day. And I'm sure Blondie. I mean Blondie. I mean she. They got number ones. Well, I keep saying she. It, the it, band. It, yeah, I, every, I do that it, every time. It every gets time. into that argument though too of because they went more along the lines of we talked yesterday about the Stones and Miss You whether or not that was a disco song. Oh. Well, you know when you went from what Blondie's early tracks were to what made the charts, uh, there was plenty of debate and argument over whether or not that they leaned disco with what they were doing. Hmm. I love a whole hour about music. <laughs> Shake it up a little bit. Speaking of that, the number one song of the day is up next. Hey. Just a little bit Is this rock and roll DG? Back in 1955, when this came out, wah, wah. Little doo-wop? Yeah. Little Stevie and the Bassinet Babies with their hit, <laughs> Chocolate uh, Pizza. Well, you weren't too far off. 1960. Good. This is Stay by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. <laughs> one week at number one. Wait, wait. Let me guess. Uh, they were tragically murdered by the mob uh, six weeks after this hit number one. No, they actually were arrested for selling <laughs> cigarettes on the road. That's how they paid for gas. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> and if that doesn't explain the 50s right yes. there. Uh, yeah. Just like Goodfellas, man. They got pinched with Henry Hill. Oh, my God. They were selling cigarettes outside the venue. No tax stamp. All right, they were an American doo-wop R&B vocal group from the late 50s and early 60s. They formed in Nashville, Tennessee. Old Maurice Williams, he's a 1938 baby from South Carolina, started as a church singer at six. He was like a, uh, like every Sunday singer. He was residual on Sundays at his church. And by the way, uh, he would go on to form this group in high school when he was 16. Dang. Formed this group. Now, um, he's still alive today, and he still gets out there and performs. 
Wow. With the falsetto and stuff? Uh, that's not him. Oh, that, okay, okay, okay. That's actually not him. This is him singing right now. Uh, I couldn't find a discography on him, but he's considered a one-hit wonder. So, where this song came from, Maurice Williams, he wrote this song when he was 17. It was a Saturday night, summer of 55, in South Carolina, and he had his girlfriend over, 15-year-old girl. Oh it was boy. 10 o'clock in time for her to go home, and he was like, he was trying to convince her to stay, even just a little bit longer, but uh, her parents had a very strict curfew. If she didn't get home on time, they'd whoop her. Uh, and um, despite his pleas, she had to watch her get into her brother's vehicle and drive off, have to see her at school another day or something. Um, but then he that line he delivered, even just a little bit longer stay, he started writing down the song. He's like, oh, my God, it just came to him. He started writing all the lyrics. And a few years later, he records it with his group. Wow. Now, you might have noticed this is already the second time we're playing this song. This song was a minute and 38 seconds. Dang. It is the shortest number one song of all time. Wow. That is really funny. That is crazy. And you notice the falsetto. Yeah. Two of the biggest uh, folks to cover this song, The Four Seasons, Frankie Valli, got it to number 16, but their version was a minute 53. And then a 1978 Jackson Brown covered it and uh, hit number 20 his version a lot longer three minutes 15 seconds wow coupled it with uh the loadout on the album so that it's a back-to-back track just one long track recorded on on the road at a tour stop because every musician ever is like i feel weird just going with a less than two minute song that is sounds like highway yeah. robbery yeah golly now this song ended up selling 8 million copies of a single. Wow. Now, it's not just because of the song, but maybe the soundtrack it was on. Do you guys remember what movie this was in? Dirty Dancing. Yes, it was. Mm. Dirty Dancing. And Dirty Dancing was the best-selling, one of the best-selling soundtracks of all time. 32 million copies worldwide. Wow. I know, Sage, we're getting close, so get us out when we need to get out. DG, are you ready for some Ask Us Anything? I am ready for some Ask Us Anything. All right, let's go in a roll with it. Hey, um, what's something you could talk about in great detail for hours? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Rock and Roll, music, <laughs> wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I could, I guess I could say sports, but that's kind of a expected answer. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you, like... After a long period of time, get kind of burnt out. I like to change up the topics a little bit, unless it's a great day. Right. Talking the cats. Mm. Don't have a problem with that. Oh. About the only other thing would be history. Ah. I'm so not going to lie to you. I like talking NIL for an hour. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. I could talk about Survivor for hours, I swear. Who, I know all the seasons. Who is your favorite <laughs> Survivor of all time? And you cannot say Boston Rob. Oh, it's not Boston Rob anyway. Okay. That's my mom's Rupert. favorite. Rupert. Mm, Rupert's not my favorite. He's fun, but he's not my favorite. I really like Jonathan Penner. I love his attitude just throughout the game. Yes. But DG's also a big, you're a big Survivor guy, right? I like Survivor. I love when Penner, he was voting for somebody on the All-Stars and he just yelled out who he was voting for. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but I liked Fabio the best because he had to win 37 straight times and he did it. That was amazing. Do you guys remember Philip? Yeah. Philip. He oh. was the guy that was <laughs> yeah. totally off his rocker. Yes. He's like, yes, sir. I call him the, uh, 
I call him the negotiator because he negotiates with people. Oh, yeah, that guy was weird. Well, that's why Boston Rob, he won Survivor because he took that weirdo to the end and he know, no, knew nobody would vote for him. Yeah. I was like, that's the best strategy I've ever seen in this game. Take the weirdo uh-huh. to the end that nobody can stand. He's annoying. You don't want to be around him. Keep him around. Man. Keep that person around. That that end of Survivor is always so cringy for me. I just, God, I want to die sometimes when I see it. Um, By the way, Survivor tonight, 7 o'clock, CBS. Hey, that's right. Um, what's something that uh, immediately makes you angry? Just foaming at the mouth, angry, Troy. When people call you TC. <laughs> no, actually, that's that's <laughs> one I'm okay with. Uh, there's so many variations. Um, drivers who don't know what the they're doing. Oh boy. When uh, that's that's definitely one of mine. When people call pro wrestling. Use the fake word. Oh boy! And you go no. You I hate when seconds. people Hurry. count down with um, their hands. We'll <laughs> talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> go cats.